What is up, everybody? This is Santiago Abel, and this is Sports Hour with Santi. Now, this week, we are going to talk about Tampa Bay sports. Every single team has made history this year, and we are going to talk all about it tonight. Now, in case you missed last week, we talked about four different teams, four classic games, and we talked about the Patriots versus the Giants, the Golden State Warriors versus the Toronto Raptors, Sabres versus Stars, and Phillies against Rays. This week, we're talking all Tampa Bay teams, all three of them, or no, four of them. We have the Lightning, we have the Rays, we have the Bucks, and for those who don't know, apparently the Rowdies made it to the championship. They got their game canceled, but we'll talk more about that later. But right now, let's get it right on. Now, you will be hearing the same song from last week, so keep that in mind. And I'm going to, this time, play the whole thing. And and I do regret not playing the whole thing because apparently it didn't wake everybody up. So, without further ado, let's kick things off with the Sports Hour with Santi right after this song. And remember, it's the same one. My name is Thunder. Take it away. All right, ladies and dudes, now, that original soundtrack came from Famous Gohorns. Not the song itself, but it came from Famous Gohorns' YouTube video, and it's specifically specifically called the 2020 Stanley Cup Final Entrance, Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm not sure if that's the exact name, but that's what it's called. That's where I originally got it from. The name is My Name is Thunder, and... 
The song act by itself is written by Jet and the Bloody Beetroots. I've never heard of that. I've only heard the song, and it's very、um, energizing. So, beginning with the Tampa Bay Lightning today, they've had an incredible year. And as Gary Bettman said, they completed the Stanley Cup journey as they made it through the toughest way of going through the playoffs, which they had to play through about five rounds. So that's pretty long and one heck of a playoff run. So, so background. For last year, 2019, they were the best team in the league. They won the President's Trophy. That's what the award is for having the best record in the league. Well, they were all doing so well, but apparently, when they entered the playoffs, they were heavy favorites to win the Stanley Cup. But, long story short, They were swept by the Blue Jackets in the first round of the 2019 playoffs. Now, it's crazy as it sounds. I mean, me personally, with the way I reacted, personally, I'm not against the Blue Jackets. I mean, I'm glad they won for one way because they've never won a playoff series before then. And. They're almost 20, or I think they're at least 20 years old now, the team itself. So, and they don't have a lot of playoff experience nor won a Stanley Cup. And I tend to go for usually the teams that haven't won the Stanley Cup besides the Lightning. And so, well, of course, they won one in 2004, and yet again this year. So, it's one heck of a run after last year of disappointment. They. Played as hard as they could. They played it with 100% all the way through, and they've had a great playoff run. So, I'm looking at NHL.com, and you could see their entire schedule. So, first they started with a seeding round robin, which has never been done before, which means the top four teams on each side they play each other three times. Games, one team each, right? And then and then they、um, calculate the points, and whoever wins the most points gets the number one seed in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Tampa Bay finished in the second. Now, here's what we go to, and that is the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, and by the way, and for all the other teams, they play each other in five games. So the best of Um, five basically, or yeah, that's correct. Now, for the rest of the playoffs, best of seven. So, it's a rematch from last year. In the, first, in the first round, they played against the Columbus Blue Jackets once again, but then they turned it around. They、um, began their playoff run by beating the Blue Jackets in five overtimes. That is one of the longest games yet. Not the longest, but one of them. And it took them all night long. And boy, it, I didn't see it personally. I wanted to. 
but I was busy doing other stuff. I couldn't remember what I was doing. But anyways, that's that. And then the Blue Jackets responded after losing game one. They won game two. Now, the next three games won by the Lightning. We won the series 4-1 to one with an overtime goal in game five with a final score of 5-4. to four. And it was scored by Braden Point. Or excuse me, I might be wrong. Um, I'm looking at the recap from the game right now. I'm going to double check real quick. See who scored the game-winning goal. Game-winning goal. Game-winning goal. I can't do that when I'm doing the actual podcast. I know. It's wrong. Um, yeah, while it's loading, it was the first round of the playoffs, and it was revenge talking. And so that's that. Oh, yes, it is Braden Point. Okay, then I was right. All right. Good thing I'm double-checking while I'm at this. Just try not to load so slow. But anyways, we beat the Blue Jackets. We gave them revenge. Sad they couldn't make their playoff run much longer, but so what? We won. Next up, we played against the Bruins, which originally were the best team in the league, but they dropped to the fourth seed because they did not win every any games in the round robin. So the Lightning lost the first game, 2-3. to three. Could have easily swept them, but we won the next four games, and we pretty much dominated them throughout the series. And in the last game, scored by Victor Hedman, two overtimes, another series-winning goal. Now, this is the second uh, series in a row that the team has won in overtime. But this time, it's in double overtime. So that's crazy. One heck of a series. Glad the Boston Bruins are out. And yes, you know how I feel about the Bruins. Or any Boston sports. Um, but yeah, it's it was a crazy run. And then, here's when it comes to the Eastern Conference Finals. Which is the, round, or which is the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, the Islanders... This is like their first one in a long time. And they've had one heck of a run. One of the best underdog teams out there so far. They were the sixth seed. Oh, and by the way, um, the Blue Jackets were the seventh seed. And Boston Bruins were the fourth seed. So that's where it all came in. And they've and the two, um, the Blue Jackets and the Islanders played in the, um, round zero, which is the qualifying round basically so that's that so one of our best game or pretty much the best game yet with the or one of the highest scoring yet we've beaten the first game eight to two i've never seen the lightning score that many goals in one game that my friends is insane now we won the next game two to one which with um Game-winning goal with a few seconds left. And then the Islanders score or responded after that. We responded again. We beat them. And then here's the thing. We had a chance to beat them in double overtime again. Now, 
the last couple series, we've beaten them in five games. But this one, we had the chance to do it again. But this time, we lost the fifth game. You want to know what happened? Game six came along, which was the first game six of the year for us. Now, here's the thing to point out. We've beaten the Islanders two to one. And it's the third one in the row. Now, I got to find out who um, scored that game-winning goal because I don't remember who did it. I I have a book that shows the background um, story of all of the... uh... Wait. Wait, this isn't it. Yeah, I'm looking at game five, but I'm supposed to look at game six. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Anthony Sorelli. For those who don't know him, he is one of our best players, but he's not basically well known. You know what I mean? But yeah, Anthony Sorelli took us to the Stanley Cup final. And that, my friends, is the third in a row. Now, we were on track to be the first ever team to win a series in overtime for all four rounds. We've done it with three. And now we go on to the Stanley Cup Finals against the Stars, which we mentioned last week that they won the Stanley Cup in 1999. But this is 2020 now, and we've beaten them in six games. So long story short, we lost the first game, which, of course, when we played in the finals, we've never won a game one. Like in 2015, we lost a game one. 2004, we lost a game one. And then this one, we lost game one. But we did respond with winning the next three games. Now, <clears throat> with the scores of 3-2, to 5-2, to two, and 5-4 to four in overtime, respectively, for games two to four. Now, we had another shot once again to close out the series and when we when game five went into double overtime. But they but we lost because well Dallas Stars came out with a stronger um performance in overtime. We had so many chances, but I was actually pissed off because I wanted to see the home team win the Stanley Cup, but of course it doesn't matter much anyway because they're not they are not playing at Tampa at all or Dallas, but they are playing in Canada the entire time because they had to do it in a bubble um, kind of way, like how all the other sports did it, and and they did it in Edmonton, Alberta, California, or excuse me. California. Why did I say that? I meant Canada. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after we lost that over, double overtime game, which of course we would have had the we would have been the first team to do it, we shut them out in the last game. It was our first shutout of the series or the playoffs, and of course we've beaten every single game without a shutout until. The very last game, which was our strongest performance or defensive performance yet. And that 
is one is the one of the best ways to win. And yes, the Lightning were an away team at that time, basically. So it's insane with the way that the Lightning were so strong throughout the playoffs. They've played it there all throughout the series and they had one of the best um, playoff runs of all time and they've done it in the most I'm sorry my nose is a bit stuffy but anyways my um my point is is that this is the most unique um way of winning the Stanley Cup and also about that, they also had so many great players that have contributed so much. Like, for example, with Braden Point, who played 23 games throughout the playoffs, scored the most goals out of the whole entire team, and Nikita Kucherov scored more points, more assists. So they've all made a huge impact to this team, and they've played one heck of a run and um you know i mean of course everybody here that i've seen that i've known for years i'm glad they've won and it's their first and i'm glad that steven stamkos got to play game two and speaking of that um steven stamkos the captain for the tampa bay lightning um went had played 57 games in the regular season but he missed um, the rest of the games that were played because, like, I think it was about um, 11 games that he missed after that. And then it lasted all the way until game two of the playoffs, which is the only, or of the Stanley Cup final, which is the only game that he played. So, and I'm glad that he scored that goal because it, it basically, like, inspired everybody, you know, to pushed further, you know, it sparked everybody up and made us win game two, and it made me go into tears, actually, after seeing Stanley, or Steven Stamkos hoist the Stanley Cup, because, well, they're my home team, I rooted for them all the way, and after a terrible ending last year, we turned it around completely, and, and we made it, and, and, we made it to an ending note of the in the positive way, you know? I mean, yeah, sorry for not gathering my words right away. But anyways, that's that. And um and yeah, again, Victor Hedman won the Consmith trophy, which is the MVP of the playoffs, which I believe he scored the most goals out of any defenseman throughout the um throughout the playoffs. And so he's made a huge impact in that point. And then um Andrej Palat impacted also. Same thing with Yanni Gord. And um you know everybody in this team played tremendously well. And not a single person except Patrick Maroon, which who played with the Blues last year, won the Stanley Cup, but no one else on the team has won the Stanley Cup before. And you know it's they're they're grateful, you know, and it's an honor and privilege. So overall, I enjoyed it. 
I would rewatch the whole um, series once again and look back on it and remember it. And plus I have this book and um, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but there's this book called um, The Lightning Strikes and it's The Unforgettable Run. And it shows uh, Brayden Point hoisting the Stanley Cup in front of you and it's written by Eric Erlinson. Erlinson. Um, but yeah, check it out. Um, and it's, it's definitely worth a book to look at. And it goes like the, into the background, back behind the scenes. And let's give it up for John Cooper, who has coached this team to the Stanley Cup playoffs and win the Stanley Cup. He deserves it heavily. And he's, was our, and he's our current, um, longest tenured coach. And so, and he's been with us since 2013, so it's a great privilege to have him as our coach. But um, but yeah, that's pretty much it about the Lightning. I mean, we will go on to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays after this break, but uh, we'll keep on going from there. So stay tuned, and you'll be hearing a song called Dreams from the NCS release, and it's part of this um group called Lost Sky and there's no copyrights so I'm allowed to use this song so stay tuned and we'll be right back
What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sports Hour with Santi. Now, in case you've missed it, you can go back and check out this talk that we've had together earlier when we talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. Now, that song that you just heard, for those who just joined us, it's from NCS. Um, It's one of those songs that are not copyrighted and it's called dreams ncs release and it's from lost sky so check it out on youtube whenever possible and it's available to um to view and possibly download so right now we are here together talking gonna or excuse me we're gonna talk about the race now here's the thing to point out about the race We talked about them last week, right? And we talked about their first appearance to the World Series. But this time, it's the second time. And this time, they played against the Dodgers, which were the best team of the league that season. The Rays were the second best. And they were both number one seats. And we won our first division title since 2010 for the first time in like a decade. So that's crazy. Now, now we had one heck of a year. It was very short, of course, because due to COVID-19. And also, I forgot to mention about the Lightning had their shortened season also. And the rest of their games were canceled. So, and everybody's numbers were different. But this one with the MLB, everybody had about the same number. And they played about 60 games for the 2020 season. And they missed spring training. So, but yeah, overall, the Rays had one heck of a year. I was hoping they would win. But long story short, they lost to the Dodgers in six games, which is one game better than 2008. Wish they could make it all the way up to seven games, but we'll talk more about that in just a second. But um, let's first talk about... um, the postseason on our progress with the game results. So um, looking at their MLB website that shows the the whole playoff against each other and the final scores and the pitchers who've won and lost and saved and their locations and the series um, records for, um, against each other, basically. And... I'm looking at it right now, and it's showing me that we play... Well, and here's the thing that's different with this year's playoffs. More teams played. And what that means is that we have um, the top two division leaders. Like, for example, the, um, the Rays and the Yankees, or the Athletics and the Astros, and the Twins and the Indians... Those top two teams get to play. And then um, we have the top two wildcard teams, which were, well, for, this is for um, the American League. The National League, we're not going to focus too much on because, well, it's going to be the same thing, except, of course, it's going to m- mention the, uh, those teams over there. So in the top two wildcard teams for the American side were the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Now, and that's how it all worked out. And 
the Rays played the Blue Jays, and we swept them, and we played two games instead of one. So, it's like the best of three matchup. And, um, and yeah, so we've won the first game, and three to one, and then we whooped, destroyed the Blue Jays eight to two, which is crazy if you ask me. And they were both played in Tropicana Field with nobody there. Now, on to the American League Division Series, where the Rays met up with the Yankees, and this is their first meetup, and we've beaten them in five games, which is the best of five, so it's a completed series, if you ask me. And it was a fair matchup, I mean... I'm glad we beat the Yankees. I mean, nothing against them personally. I mean, I like the Yankees. I mean, um, just not as much. You know what I mean? It's like I don't hate them. I mean, yes, they are the rivals against the Rays, along with the Red Sox, which I really hate, by the way. But, um, but yeah, you know how I feel about Boston, for those who missed it. Um, or, I mean, excuse me, for those who know about it. <laughs> But uh, anyways, so for game one, we lost to three or with the winning score of, of the Yankees, nine to three. And then the Yankees lost. We beat them seven to five and then eight to four in game three. And then we lost again. We were hoping to close out the series. But then, well, with the final score of five to one and then two to one. Um, against the Yankees, and we've played them the entire time at Petco Park in San Diego, home of the Padres. Now, here's the part where of this playoffs that almost ticked me off with the Rays. Now, here's the situation. The main thing is that we won... The first three games against the Astros. We were on our way to sweeping them. But you guys can guess what happened after that. We lost the next three games. I was like, are you kidding me? It's like they had three chances to close out the series. And the Astros caught up and tied up the series three games apiece that my friends (laughs) it really got me upset I was worried so bad that the Rays would be the next Boston Red Sox to choke up the three nothing lead but luckily we brought ourselves back together and we won game seven and that was the ALCS, or the, the championship series. And my goodness. After looking back at it, it was like, man. It's so, I don't know even, I don't even know what the correct word is to say it, but it's very hectic to watch. And I was like, I was very pissed off because I wanted the race to make it to the World Series. But, but yeah, that's all the way in October of last year, so not much to worry about then. But, um, 
But yeah, in 10, we played against the Dodgers. We lost in six games. They won game, or the Dodgers won 3-8 to eight in the first game. We responded with the winning score of 6-4. to four, And then they responded again, 6 or yeah, 6-2. or two. And then, here's the best moment of the series, in my opinion. When, in game four, we were down by two runs in the bottom of the ninth. And, see... There was a big error that caused us to win. At first, it was like, um, like, it was a um, moment where one of our Rays players, um, let's see, I, it's one of our Rays players that uh, did the RBI that hit the ball, and then one person ran and scored a run. And that was like the oh wow moment, you know? Well, not oh wow, but it's like very exciting. You know what I mean? Like it's one of the best moments you can see. And then as soon as um, another RBI came around, as one of our um, one of our runners who was on third place, his name was Arizarina, which he was one of the best foreign players we had, and he's a stud when it comes to hitting home runs. And and then he scored the game-winning run after he trampled along the way. And as soon as that the catcher missed the ball, which caused the error, caused us to win the game. One heck of a game. Now... And then we pretty much fell apart with um, losing 4-2 to two in Game 5. And I was personally hoping that the Rays would respond in Game 6 again to tie up the series once again. And everything was going great. And we scored the first run in Game 6. And the only one with the home run by, again, Eros Arena, which he scored another one. Now, here's the thing that screwed us up, basically. So, about like midway towards the game, like we we had our, well, I'll mention the starters in a second, but for game six, Blake Snell started this one. And and you see, we scored. And again, we scored with a solo home run. And actually, it's his tenth during the postseason and third of the World Series, which is insane. And he broke the record for most home runs in the sing in a one postseason. Now. And it happened when it went out in the bottom of the sixth inning. That's when our manager, Kevin Cash, took out Blake Snell, which is the guy who started. If I don't, I don't know if I mentioned him already, but um, but forgive me if I did. And 
it was honestly, a lot of people would agree with this because it's the most stupidest move you can ever see. Now, here's the thing. He only allowed two hits, throwing 73 pitches. And he struck out nine, and he did not allow a single walk. Now, he's had he stayed there, we probably would have won game five, or excuse me, game six, and potentially win the World Series. I mean, it, the outcome can come out either way, of course, but... What ticked me off is that he took him out way too soon. There's pitchers that pitched over 100 times, and they're still good. But with allowing two hits, he just removed him. It's like, come here, come here. You're out of the game. It's like, what? I was like, and as soon as I heard about that, I was like, are you serious? As soon as he brought him out... Ay ay I don't I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something like that basically. I was pissed off. Um but then as soon as he brought in one of our backup pitchers, Nick Anderson, who gave up a double um to the player called Mookie Met Betts, which he won the World Series before with the Red Sox, which he is a great player player by by the way and he threw a wild pitch to Corey Seager who's the MVP of the World Series he plays with the Dodgers by the way and he scored the game tying run now it's it was insane. I mean, as soon as that happened, we were like, we're screwed. We got to score something. But nothing special happened for the Rays. So, but then, um, let's see, where am I at? Okay, and then towards the eighth inning, the bottom of the eighth, the, um, the player, Mookie Betts, scored pretty much the game-sealing home run. Which we couldn't respond right away because... Well, not at all because, well, their defense was really good. And the pitchers they had was were playing much better than we were. And so... And the Dodgers, which, by the way, congratulations to them. They completely deserve it. They won fair and square on, like, the Astros... Um, they much deserve it, and they've been waiting much longer than we have, and they've been waiting since 1988, which was their last, um, championship of the World Series, which is insane. Long time. And with us, we've been the team for over 20 years, and we still haven't won, so it's not as bad as they are. But, again, congrats to the, um, the Dodgers for winning, and... We'll hope to win next year. And so it, it's done. And fun fact, for the first time since 2013, the Dodgers were the home team to win. I mean, I'm glad that they 
one as a home team because well of course it doesn't um make much of a difference because um it's because the uh, they're playing at a neutral field at the Rangers new ball field which is called um globe let's see where is it uh globe life field excuse me for doing that um but yeah and this is uh David Ro- Dave Roberts this is his first championship i mean good manager um but he's been like along with many of the um Dodgers players they've been through so much heartbreak and this is their third um world series in like 4 years and so it's crazy, and they lost two years in a row against, well, the Dodgers and the, or excuse me, the Astros and the Red Sox, respectively, and, um, and yeah, they had much of a playoff run, so, a better, yeah, did I say better? I don't know, but anyways, I'm pretty sure I did, um, but yeah, they both, or they swept both the Milwaukee Blue, or Bluers, Brewers in the wild card and the Padres in the division series and then this is when the Braves choked up they wanted the, the they had um three to one uh, series lead the um, Dodgers came back after trailing three to one in the in LCS and they've won and then they beat us in six games so, it's very controversial with Kevin Cash. I mean, we need he need, definitely needs a lot of prayer. And it's going to haunt him big time. And many people were memeing him to be um, the MVP. And some players actually from the Dodgers said that he should be the MVP. Because um, without him doing it, who knows what would happen. The Rays probably would still play better, maybe, but we wouldn't know what the outcome would be because it's already been done. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Um, it's not a right move, in my opinion. It's never a right move. I mean, if you're a Dodgers fan, then you'll think, "Thank goodness," <laughs> you know, and um. And had Blake Snell been there the whole time, then yeah, the outcome would be possibly different. Now, taking a look at the, um, let's see, where is it? I'm going to look back at the Rays homepage real quick. And yeah, so we have so many uh, great players that we have. And so we have G Man Choi, who is one of our. Um, first baseman he's really good um and I remember liking him more because I remember seeing him score the um grand slam home run one year like it was a couple years back and you know he's one of my favorites you know and that's what caused me to like him and um and um and I remember him playing one game I don't remember exactly what game it was but he had um 
play uh he did a double play where he um caught the um the ball who from the uh from the one who was batting and then he touched the base to whoever was on running from first to second he was a first baseman and then we have um Kevin Kiermeyer, who is a veteran who has been with us for pretty much the longest time out of everybody and um he's been really good you know one of the best outfielders out there and then we have Randy Arozarena who um who recently joined us and um again broke the record for most home runs in the single season in post season and with 10 of them and uh one phenomenal outfielder and um let's see who else do we have that's really good um but yeah some and we had Blake Snell which we recently lost i mean he got uh traded to i think it's the pirates yeah oh no the padres yeah so he after um that whole debacle with Kevin Cash removing him, I was like, you know what? He's probably like, you know what? I'm done with you. I'm going to another team. I want to go to another team. That's probably how he did it. But I could be wrong on that, though, because, well, I don't know 100% of the story. So, but I do know that he's with the Padres. No more with the Rays. And, um, but yeah, I do miss him. And, um, and yeah, so we have one heck of a year. And um, it could have ended better. And there's always plenty more chances. I mean, of course, with how long the Rays would still be here. I mean, they're going through a lot of financial trouble. But you can check it out on their, um, on, like, look up the Rays' new ball stadium. And they had um, many opportunities to build a new ballpark that's closer to Tampa. But... Uh, so for some reason it didn't go through maybe because it's financial issues it's more likely that because um not many people are going to the game so if you are a Rays fan you want to see them play go check out the Tropicana Field now it's very controversial with um with those catwalks being interfering with the um the field but it is one of the most unique fields out there. As a matter of fact, the only fixed roof. And when I first heard about the Rays, I thought they had an outdoor field, which I thought it would be hot. <laughs> but um, after going back there like three years ago, I really like the field. I like it. It's really cool. Um, of course, the capacity was very short because not no many not many people would come and so they closed off the uh entire top tier in case you've seen the field itself and it's capable of fitting like up to like 42,000 people which is a lot and average size for a baseball field in the major baseball league so yeah go check it out whenever you have the chance go see them play um you never know what the outcome would be. And you got to support the Rays. And I hope they can make a, another playoff run. And um, and yeah, we'll go from there. So 
What do you guys think about the race? Do you think they could have played better? Yeah, oh heck yeah. In my opinion, definitely. There's plenty more chances. I mean, who knows what can happen next year. And um, and I don't even know if there's going to be spring training. But we'll see. And um, we'll go from... And yeah, so after this break, we will be talking about the current... Um, playoff run that we all should be aware of and that my friend is with Tom Brady Rob Rob Gronkowski Mike Evans Chris Godwin Antonio Brown Cameron Drake and so so many more even Bruce Arians against Patrick Mahomes and his squad with Travis Kelsey Tyreek Hill so on so forth we will talk about the the Bucks incredible run to the Super Bowl and to be the first to play in their home field. So after this break, we will talk about the Bucks, And I'm excited to talk about them because they are currently in their record books right now. So stay tuned and we will catch up with you guys in one second. And we'll be right back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Sports Hour with Santi. Of course, you may know my name already. I am Santi Abel, and this is our weekly podcast. Now, in case you've missed it, we recently talked about two of the other Tampa Bay teams that have completed their quests, the Lightning and the Rays. Now, we are going to talk all about the one, the only, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, and by the way, you can catch this show on Anchor.fm, by the way. Now, let's reverse back. All right, there we go. Now, we are here on Super Bowl weekend. Guys, I'm posting this on the Friday. A couple of days before the one and only Super Bowl would come into play. Now, here's the thing. It hasn't even played yet. The Buccaneers haven't completed their quest just yet. They are on the verge. They did complete the quadruple of teams that have made it to the champ, or excuse me, to the championship. And those are the two teams that I mentioned. And also, I want to give a brief mention to the um, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. I'm. Not going to talk too much about them because that's not our main focus this week. But I do want to give them an honorable mention. Although their game did get canceled due to COVID-19 going around them. And and they had one, of, one heck of a year. But at least they made it to the championship. So they deserve to be honored. Now, let's going back to the Buccaneers. Now, here's the th- main thing that turned around. Ever since we've got Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown. These guys made a big impact to the team. I mean, they're all studs, if you ask me. Along with all the other players that were currently there. And to the Chiefs players. Now, 
We have Leonard Fournette also and LaShawn McCoy, who's benched most of the time, but he's but he's a good running back. Um, but yeah, we, and we have veterans like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, who's been with us for quite a while. Cameron Brait, who's hasn't done as much, but he's one of our good tight ends that we have, and um, and Ronald Jones, the leading scorer for a running back, insane. Good, insanely good. Now, we also have our head coach, Bruce Arians, who is under second year, and it's much better from last year because when we had Jameis Winston, he threw 30 touchdowns at least, but he also threw 30 interceptions, which is a terrible thing. I'm not, I wasn't crazy with him being on our team. He's he hasn't made much of a good impact. Although they were close one time, but they always came up short. Oh, and also we have OJ Howard who is currently on injured reserve after looking at the official roster from the nfl.com. Now they had one heck of a year. They went through ups and downs and overall they've been playing great. Looking at their schedule for this week, they lost the first week to the New Orleans Saints. Then we won the next three games. Then we lost at Chicago. And then we won the next three games. And then the Saints again, we lost to, which is our worst loss of the season, 38-3. to And it's one of our three um home games that we've lost and then we beat the Panthers at Carolina again so we swept them and we also swept the Falcons but then of course you may notice but the next two games after we beat the Panthers we lost by three to the Rams and the Chiefs and we had our bye week and we won the last four games which is an incredible finish now here's the thing to point out did you hear the Chiefs? Yes, you did. Because we played them earlier this year. We lost by three points. We tried to make a big comeback. But they finished it off. What does this mean? It's also a rematch against or, or between um, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. They played each other a couple of times in the postseason and a few times in the regular season. And they, and including that game that I mentioned, um, this is the Super Bowl we're talking about, guys. And and speaking of the playoffs, we made it as a wild card team, and a first wild card in a long time to make the Super Bowl. And I think it's ever since the um, who was it the. If I recall correctly, I believe it's the Giants. I might be wrong, but who knows? Anyways, a lot of people know, actually. But I think it's the Giants who were the last underdog team to make it to the Super Bowl. Or the wild card, I should say. And in a long time... Wait, no, it wasn't the Giants. It was the Ravens. They were the sixth seed. They beat the 49ers. I'll have to double check on that. But anyways, we made an incredible playoff run. 
We won the, all three playoff games at an away site. We beat Washington at the football team's site or FedEx Field. We beat them thirty-one to twenty-three. Then, here's the thing that got interesting. We went on to play the New Orleans Saints. That is one heck of a rematch, and it's revenge. After two losses, I mean, the Saints got the test, the taste of their own medicine. I'm not against Drew Brees. I really like that guy. He's a Christian. He hasn't done anything to um, cause any trouble or get fined or anything. But that's one heck of a good quarterback. And same thing with Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, which we've beaten 31 to 26, and they tried to catch up. They were the number one seed. We made the big upset, and they and then we played at their field, and now we play the Chiefs, and for the first time ever, we play at our own home field, which is the Raymond James Stadium. Nice work, Bucks. They've played a tremendous job. They have one heck of a year, and they deserve to be in this spot, and... Um, yeah, ever since the addition of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and eventually um, Antonio Brown, who they've been unstoppable. And, and it's been an incredible year for the, um, the Bucks. First time in the playoffs since 2007, so over a decade. And that's crazy. And we've been a sucky team ever since we... Um, ever since 2007. Now, and we had some, we had a couple of years, or a few years where we had uh, lousy coaches like Lovey Smith or Dirk Cockarder. I don't, Cockarder? I don't even know how to say it. But you know who he is, Dirk. That's his first name. Um, let's see. Let's His name, I should pronounce correctly. Oh, Coetter. Sorry, if I mispronounced that, I do apologize. But, um, yeah, I've lost that time already. I've wasted my time anyway. All right, so... Now, with Tom Brady, he broke records along the way. He threw 40 touchdown passes... And also, Mike Evans broke records for 13 receiving touchdowns. For Bucks records, I should say. And for the first time ever, Mike Evans became the first wide receiver in NFL history with 1,000-plus yards in his first seven seasons. thats He's one heck of a veteran, people. You should definitely respect him. He is one of the best receivers out there. And... And his and Tom Brady's best uh, passer rating, one hundred two point two. And most games with more four or more touchdown passes, insane. And then we have also, oh yeah, a stud kicker named Ryan Sukup, who sets or suck up, I should say. Sorry if I mispronounce that again. I'm not the best with last names sometimes, but. 
but he set the record for points for an individual player with 136. And then the team had the record, set a club record with seven consecutive overall wins. Incredible. And our uniforms look like the old days, back when we, um, back then when we were good. Basically like the Super Bowl. Coincidence, right? Although it looks a little bit different, but still. Now, <clears throat> what do I think of the Chiefs? Honestly, the Chiefs are an amazing team. They're studs. I like Patrick Mahomes. I like the team themselves. I would prefer the Bucks because, again, they're my home team. Now, they've had a better year. They only lost two games. And um, they were unstoppable. They were able to catch up. They've had one heck of a year last year. They deserved it. But with this year, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping for the Bucks to win, but many people are predicting the Chiefs to win. And they're favored by three. Is it three? Yeah, Chiefs by three. And so, we'll see what happens. And, and uh, yeah, so, and again, the Chiefs have a lot of amazing, great players. Like, they used to have LaShawn McCoy, but now he's with the Bucks. so we'll see. But he's already won a Super Bowl. But anyways, um, they have Mahomes, obviously. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Tyreek Hill. Michael Hartman, um, Le'Veon Bell, who's appearing in his first Super Bowl in- for the first time in his career. Now, now there's a lot of what to expect for this week, so we don't know exactly what's going to happen. The underdog can take over, or the top dogs will take it off. But we'll see what happens. But... Until then, we'll find out and we'll enjoy our weekend and we'll go from there. And we'll go on to next year and we'll go on to next week for another amazing talk about classical games. Now, this week, not so much of a classic. Well, of course, it would be in the future. But we are making history, though, for the first time in for or in all time of being Tampa Bay existed that all the teams that represent Tampa Bay, the major leagues, make it to the championship during COVID. So we'll go from here. And we'll know what to expect. And hopefully we'll all come up with a big win. So, yes. So thank you guys for listening to this week. Um, Be sure to tune in next week. I'll let you all know when or who the next teams will be and what it will be all about. And until then, we'll catch y'all later. So thank you guys for watching, and we'll see y'all next week on Sports Hour with Santi. Hope you have a good night.